Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Starseed Radio Academy, empowering Starseed to better serve the planet. Welcome to Starseed Radio Academy. It's Tuesday, June 11th, 2019, and I'm your host, Ariel Taylor, with my co-host for the evening, Anastasia. Lavendar is taking a much-needed rest from her busy schedule, but she has started scheduling sessions again for uh, starting in September in October. Last week, we announced the next Starseed Quest to Arkansas, which is August 16 through 19. This is a soul family reunion, and all Starseeds with at least one galactic marking are eligible to attend. And if you want more information on this, please write to crystals at starseedhotline.com. Well, we have a very special show for you this evening. As you may have heard, we've been reuniting Starseed Soul families in Arkansas since 2012, and after 26 gatherings, the Starseed Quest has evolved into an intense four days of DNA activations as we facilitate Starseeds in claiming their power. With each group, the energies climb higher to put Starseeds on a fast track to complete their missions in assisting humanity through the shift into 5D. We're now doing four quests each year in alignment with powerful galactic timing in March, May, August, and November. And while each quest group is different, within each group are unmistakable patterns between the people who respond to the call at that time. It's remarkable and obviously the result of the unseen hands of the Pleiadians at work urging starseeds to gather like a galactic homing signal. About half of each group now includes our Quest alumni who keep coming back for another level up. And it's wonderful for us to see their growth and development as they get stronger and clearer and more effective with each attendance. In this episode, you'll get to hear firsthand stories of the impact and success of our most recent group from Pleiadian lineup in May of 2019. The Starseed Quest is like no other spiritual gathering because only Starseeds with at least one galactic star marking on their charts are eligible. This ensures the highest frequency alignment, which allows the magical things to manifest, supported by the fact that we hold our quests at a resort, which sits above the largest crystal vein on Earth. If you'd like more detail, details about our Starseed Quests, Write to crystals at starseedhotline.com. And tonight, enjoy these stories from the most joyful group we've ever had. And our website is starseedhotline.com. And at the top of the show, it's Anastasia's Starseed News, bringing topics of interest to starseeds that you won't hear in the mainstream. And we'd also like to thank Kathy and Jada for hosting the switchboard tonight and helping to produce tonight's show. We have an online Starseed community at starseedhotline.ning.com, and it is a safe place to connect with other Starseeds, thanks to Tammy's helpful dedication and watchful eye. You can download our shows on iTunes or right here on Blog Talk, and if you'd like to show your support of our program, please just click Follow on our page here, and you'll get our weekly notices if you enable those. 
And as I said, our main website is starseedhotline.com. The Stage 1 Starseed confirmations are based on Lavendar's discovery of star markings and your natal astrological chart. And the Stage 2 session is a one-on-one phone session available with Anastasia or myself. And as I mentioned earlier, Lavendar is taking a much-needed rest, but she has started scheduling sessions again for September and October. And remember, if you have a birthday coming up, you don't want to miss out on your 10 hours of power. You can find out that by, when that happens by requesting your solar return chart. And please remember that if you want an interpretation of that chart, you'll need to order it at least three or four months ahead of time uh, since we do have a waiting list. So um, first up tonight, it is um, Anastasia with her Starseed News, and I have something for you. <laughs> that is so far out. I love Hi, Anastasia. it. Hello, that's great. I just adore the worship. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> that's really cute, Ariel. Oh, we're just moving right on. <laughs> well, NASA goes commercial. It publishes a price list for trips to the ISS, the International Space Station. And to no surprise, I guess, to anybody out there, it's going to be a multimillionaire opportunity only. That's right. NASA on Friday said it is opening the International Space Station for commercial business. A policy expected to allow employees of private companies to work aboard the ISS as early as next year with tourists to follow. According to NASA's uh, chief financial officer, he said, we are announcing opportunities for private astronauts to visit the the space station and for companies to engage in profit-making activities on the station. It's all about the money, isn't it? Well, anyway... NASA astronauts already perform experiments on behalf of companies and research organizations, but under this new rule, the space agency will allow up to two private corporate not, not astronaut, corporate, corporate not. Not, <laughs> yeah, corporate not missions annually to the ISS to a year. The missions may last up to 30 days and must require a microgravity environment, have some connection to a NASA mission, or help build an ongoing, get this, low-Earth orbit, low-Earth orbit economy. Economy in space, folks. We're going to start free market trade in space. Well, the U.S. Space Agency is undertaking this change as it prepares its Artemis lunar mission to put the first woman and another man on the moon in 2024, five years from now, man and a woman. NASA conducted a study of the commercialization of low-Earth orbit involving 12 unnamed companies that aim to enumerate possible business opportunities in space. They're scratching their beards and thinking it over. Well, (laughs) considerations for things like commercial flights will include accommodations such as sleeping facilities, toilets, of course, gallery kitchens for visitors, research and development facilities. They're thinking about in-space manufacturing for use on Earth, such as maybe fiber optic components, or maybe in space, which would be spacecraft parts. They're thinking about entertainment, advertising, transportation to and from low Earth orbit, and large structure assemblies such as satellites or the spacecraft that might take us to Mars. 
also among considerations in space tourism. That is one of their considerations. They're going to allow tourists to visit the space station. This was initialized in 2001 when American millionaire De- uh, Dennis Tito took a trip to ISS, and they plan, NASA plans, to make this a normal function of the space station. Now, this was all subsidized with taxpayer dollars, but here we go. NASA has published a price list which clearly shows that space is not a budget travel destination. Private astronauts will want regenerative life support and toilet facilities for the modest cost of $11,250 per person per day. Supplies like food, air, and exercise gear, uh, a little bit more expensive, $22,500 per person per day. Oh, and they're going to need power, so that's going to be $42 per kilowatt. They might need data downlink for their research, $50 per gigabyte, and storage for their onboard carry-all suitcase, $105 per cargo transfer bag per day. Oh, and that's on top of the cost of getting here and back to Earth, up to 90 hours of ISS crew assistance, and other expenses like trash disposal, $3,000 per kilogram. Kilogram. Per kilogram. (laughs) NASA has published solicitation guidelines for private entities interested in space commercialization aboard the ISS. A key requirement is that those affiliated with the Chinese government or Chinese companies may not participate. That's really all of that is just jaw-dropping. I... Onward we go. Things are accelerating. Well, Musk, Elon Musk, he loves his Starlink satellite constellation so much. But astronomers are less than dazzled. In fact, they are outraged. The International Astronomical Union has warned against the rise of satellite constellations in Earth's night sky. Those are the satellites everybody's sending up. For example, SpaceX's Starlink system since the brightness of these satellites and the noise, the radio noise that they make, will hamper future scientific research. The International Astronomical Union said in a statement last week, we're concerned about these satellite constellations. The organization of these satellites in general embraces the principle of a dark and, and radio quiet sky as not only essential to, oh, excuse me, I'm sorry, The organization of the International Astronomical Union says that they need a dark and radio-quiet sky, which is essential to advance their understanding of the universe, but also as a resource for all humanity and for the protection of nocturnal wildlife. Now think about that. How are, are all of these satellites in the sky going to affect wildlife? Interesting. He goes on to say, we do not yet understand the impact of thousands of these visible satellites scattered across the night sky, and despite their good intentions, these satellite constellations may threaten the ecology of the planet. And a big problem with these satellites, designed to blanket cover the world with Internet broadband connectivity, is their highly reflective surfaces. Now, the 60-unit Starlink system lofted into orbit last month looked like a moving string of lights as the glow from the sun bounces off of them right before sunrise and right after sunset. And it may be pretty, but it's not a sight that astronomers want to see. 
what they see in their telescopes now when they look up are bright white slashes across the lenses that's caused by the satellite blocking out the distant stars in the background. This interference stops astronomers from being able to observe parts of space at certain times. And these communication satellites also transmit signals at a frequency that is read as noise by the radio telescopes back here on Earth. Now, this interference is pretty problematic. It makes it hard for astronomers to image black holes and maybe to detect incoming asteroids. They tell us that these problems are only going to get worse as more low-Earth orbit satellites are shuttled up into space. Up until last year, there were only 200 of them. But that number is increasing. Uh, the uh, Astronomical Association didn't name or shame any companies. They have posted this statement just a couple of weeks after SpaceX unloaded scores of their Starlink satellites into space. So it's a problem. As you know, Elon Musk is planning to uh, send up a whole number of these, 12,000 of them, and they say that as the sky gets crowded with these objects, it increases the risk of a collision between satellites. They would kickstart a chain reaction that could litter space with de debris. The scenario was first proposed by a retired NASA veteran, and uh, they say that these satellites move at a colossal speed, gives them lots of kinetic energy. If they do collide or break up, then the chunks of debris speed off out of the old orbit and could hit other objects in space. Now, this uh, NASA veteran said that once this gets started, it could kick off a chain reaction because the debris will cause more crashes until the whole orbital plane is full of high-speed junk. The worst-case scenario is that we could lose all the satellites and make it nearly impossible to put any more up ever, not to mention destroying most of our space, our space telescopes. So the organization for the... Um, uh, ast astronomers says that satellite constellations pose a significant or debilitating threat to important existing and future astronomical infrastructures. Wow, they use big words, don't they? We yes. urge designers of these satellites and their deployers, as well as legislators and policymakers, to work with astronomers in a concerted effort to analyze and understand the impact of these satellite constellations. Something he didn't say, which goes without saying, is that they should do this before they launch these things into space. And one would wonder, where is Congress? Where are the uh, leaders of the world in this? You know, the sky belongs to the entire planet. And, you know, is so much money passing hands? And is uh, it, uh, cable television so important that we want up to 100,000 of these things in our night skies? without any over oversight, any public debate. It takes a retired NASA veteran to bring up the risk of collision between these objects that would litter space with debris, making it impossible to launch any more satellites uh, or, you know, would destroy our space telescopes. And how are we ever going to launch through that mess to even do space exploration, any other kind of rocket. Now, here's a retired veteran that brings this up. Can, can anybody tell me why no one else thought of that? Because it's got to be about money changing hands. That is not good. 
That is not good. I put that right up there with 5G concerns, in my own humble opinion. And speaking of space and advancements and all of that, acceleration, Japan's mission to mine Mars's moon is cleared. Japan is going to mine one of the moons in, of Mars. Well, Mars moon, excuse me. And, you know, now they've managed to fill out all the right paperwork. You know what that paperwork's about? It's about alien world contamination. Let me explain. The Japanese space agency, JAXA, has been given the all-clear from <laughs> scientists to attempt a landing on Mars' largest moon. They're going to drill into it and bring a sample back to Earth without a microbial pandemic threat, something like that incident in that old movie Andromeda Strain. And, uh, you know, they say that although the rest of the solar system might not be populated with life, that we humans exploring the solar system are still bound by human issues, human rules and regulations. They tell us that we just can't go up there and dig stuff up and take what we want. We have to have permission before we contaminate a place like Phobos with Earth life or wreck whatever might be living on the moon or anywhere else. So this uh, Japanese space agency had to apply for clearance. And uh, they got their permission. That was granted by, check this out, did you guys know about this? The World's Committee on Space Research's Planetary Protection Panel. I didn't even know there was such a thing. Well, this is a panel that's made up of an international team of scientists to uphold the United Nations Outer Space Treaty of 1967. One of the basic principles says that, quote, states shall avoid harmful contamination of space and celestial bodies. Well, where are they on the satellite issue, I wonder? Well, anyway, they have decided that there's probably little evidence that Phobos uh, Mars's moon contains much or any life, and they're more concerned with contaminating this moon with Earth's germs. They tell us it'll be really annoying to later study this moon and find signs of life that turn out to be from planet Earth and not from anywhere else. So, interesting. Did you all know about that? I'd never heard about that. No. Committee on Space Research Planetary Protection Panel. You're from 1967. How up to date are yeah. they? Yeah. What do you think about that? Well, that's the United Nations Outer Space Treaty of 1967. That goes yeah, way back. Wow. Well, about climate change. I'm moving right along here. Uh, something to think about. Let's see. This is 2019. Yes, it is. They're telling us that probably the majority of the planet's population will be moving to Siberia by the end of this century. That's right. Actually, I like Siberia. I think it's a beautiful country, but it is bitterly cold and not very friendly. And it says that, uh, you know, this might be time to do some investment in real estate in Siberia because even though it's very cold, very extremely unbelievably cold, that unchecked climate change could make Siberia an oasis capable of sustaining up to nine times more people than occupy it currently. Uh, now, they do have wildfires and polar bears and mosquitoes and anthrax, but they say that by the end of this century, it could be very much better than the parched landscape that the rest of the earth will be by the end of 20, uh, the end of the century. Now, these findings about the coming Siberian safe harbor were pub published last week in environmental research letters. And 
Researchers use climate models to project the January and July average temperatures. Then they use that information to look at the state of permafrost and Siberia's ecological landscape potential. And the results are showing that under the extreme greenhouse gas scenario, January temperatures in uh, Siberia would rise an astonishing 17 degrees by the end of the century. And they say that that would make Siberia's climate a lot more friendly, even though it would be cold, capable of sustaining life and sustaining a lot more people. In fact, right now Siberia has about 39 million people. That's a huge country. And they live on limited resources and, and such as that. But they say that if there's extreme global warming, that large part of Siberia would become favorable, and we're all probably going to have to move there. <laughs> now, that's not much of the planet left. And, of course, this is merely <laughs> extrapolation, and this might be global warming, you know, uh, frenzy. I don't know. But anyway, people are actually thinking about this. And, and it wasn't too many years ago when they did start to uh, develop Siberia, and I had, gave, got my attention. I thought, what are they up to? What's going on with that? Because actually they have brought um, modern cities into Siberia and have moved the local indigenous population into the cities. Um, they're trying to do that, uh, urbanize Siberia. And so perhaps they did this with the night of the future. Uh, anyway, that has just broke the news recently, and I wanted to share it. Uh, there was an earthquake in Cleveland this past week. In fact, it was yesterday. Uh, it was recorded in northeast Ohio Monday morning. It was a magnitude 4.0. Um, there were no reports of damage. 8,000 people reported feeling that earthquake. Now, earthquakes are not associated with Cleveland, Ohio. It's very no. unusual. And remember those locusts I've been telling you about that have been invading the Mideast? Well, mm -hmm. guess what? There's a huge pla uh, plague of lo locusts that are now tearing up Italy's island of Sardinia. They are just eating everything in sight. They said it's the worst bug invasion in 60 years or more. They're destroying crops and invading houses. <clears throat> more than 2,000 hectares of farmland has been destroyed by blankets of locusts. So, And they tell us that the invasion has been linked to a recent rise in temperatures. I don't know. Now, we have got some really, I mean, it, I'm going to read you some countries. It's raining and flooding all over the world. I can't believe it. Floods and landslides hit uh, Guatemala, 14 inches of rain in 24 hours. There were flash floods in China that swept cars away. Flash floods in Iran killed a bunch of people. Indonesia has been engulfed by floods. Thousands of people have been evacuated. This is since last week. Floods and landslides in Tajikistan and Afghanistan. And they had heavy rainfall in Turkey. It flooded the streets. There was flooding in southeast China. Of course, in the United States, you know about our floods. Floods have paralyzed Bangkok. They have killed a lot of people in Haiti. There's been torrential rain that caused flooding in western Poland. Uh, Mexico has had a flash flood. They say it was the wettest day since they began recording in this little town of Leon, Mexico. Uh, there were emergency rescues and evacuations in Romania for flooding. And Malaysia is now undergoing widespread flood damage. That's in seven days since we last were on the air together. 
it's all over the place. And um, I want to, we're going to end it here. Let's see what time is it. Okay. I'm going to share this story with you to conclude tonight. Um, posture impacts how you perceive your food. Now, I used to have a career uh, when I was young that required me to, to stand up and eat because I could never relax and I was, you know, never had a normal lunch and always had to be available in an instant. And so I developed a pattern of eating standing up just something people in my career did. I wasn't the only one. It just becomes a way of life. Well, uh, a new study published in the Journal of Consumer Research finds that posture impacts taste perception, with food tasting better when you're sitting down. Preliminary studies have found that holding a standing posture for even a few minutes prompts physical stress, and it mutes your taste buds. The force of gravity pushes blood to the lower parts of the body, causing the heart to work harder to pump blood to the top of the body. That raises the heart rate, and this leads to increased concentrations of the stress hormone cortisol. This chain reaction reduces sensory sensitivity, which impacts food and beverage taste evaluation, the temperature of food, how you perceive it, and how much you eat. It says that when people experience any kind of discomfort, including the kind of stress induced by standing, foods that normally taste good don't appear to be pleasant. So in this study, they provided uh, the participants with bite-sized brownies. And they were tested and uh, considered to be delicious. But interestingly enough, the people who were sitting down rated them to be the most delicious People standing up, not so much. Well, researchers continued their study by asking the participants to try fruit snacks while carrying a shopping bag. They were trying to imitate what happens when a person samples at a grocery store or in a food court. Now, both sitting and standing participants reported that the additional weight that they were carrying made the food item taste worse. Mm. And they say the study highlights the mechanism related to physical stress which affects uh, taste evaluation, whether you're standing or sitting. So interesting. How many of you sit when you eat and how many of you stand? And probably most people listening to this broadcast sit. But I thought that was interesting. Um, uh, What kind of effects our, our environment have on the way food tastes? Furthermore, I wasn't really aware that just standing uh, created a stress uh, impact in your body, such as the release of cortisol. So I thought that was interesting. More wow. of that story is let's eat sitting down. My mother used to say, please, uh, d- dine, don't feed. <laughs> <laughs> so we, sh- <clears throat> we should dine, try to dine and not feed. Okay, well, that's enough of that. It's going to be a great show tonight. I'm looking forward to hearing everybody's stories and what they've got to share with us going to be beautiful absolutely absolutely and so we'll, we'll see very, you all again very, next week very mm-hmm. interesting news tonight and uh thank you so much for the work that you do to bring that to us because so we would welcome. have we wouldn't have known uh so thank there you. is so much news to share and so little time and so many things are happening everything is going so fast goodness sakes it's like we're on this great big rapidly spinning merry-go-round with uh, so much going on all around us. So this is the nature of the time we live in, isn't it, Arielle? Yes. 
unfortunately. All right. Well, but it's uh, going to change. Uh, it has yes, to change. Yes, it is. Yes, everything changes. That's the one constant, yeah. isn't it? It is. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing. All right. Well, I'm going to get off of here, and uh, I'll listen to the show. Okay. Well, I, thank you so much for doing a great job with the Starseed News. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so My much. new toy. <laughs> it's so cute. I love Thanks, that. Yeah, that's fun. You can have to share okay. that with the guests, too. Okay. okay. Good night, everybody. Good night. Wow. All right. Well, we are going to um, hear from some beautiful starseed people. And the first up is actually a, uh, a a lady who has been a guest on our show a few times, um, delightful Peggy Black. So let me get your mic open. Hi, Peggy. Hi, Ariel. <clears throat> Hi there. It's so good to hear your voice again. We had such a great time. Didn't we, though? That was just an extra yes. treat. Yes. So um, tell us your impressions. Oh, my. I've I've been thinking about this. And, um, well, the first thing I'd like to say is it was really a special treat for me because I usually present at different places where I travel. So this was a place where I got to just be a participant. And um, and the, the atmosphere, uh, you know, uh, the mountain resort was just exquisite. I loved my cabin and all the accoutrements that went with that. Uh, but the most, I think, the most important thing for me was the people in our group. And I came away with the realization that that was probably the first time I could truly feel or really recognize a space in which the the energy was unconditional. I mean, that's really saying something, that when you're in a group as large as we were, that it was so safe and it just felt like being bathed in this un, uh, unconditional acceptance. And so that was a, a powerful takeaway for me. Um, at one point when uh, Lavendar asked if somebody had something to share, and the team I work with invited me to offer sounds. Well, I've been offering sounds for over 25 years, 30 years. But when I stood up to make, make the sounds, there was absolutely no um, hesitation there was no concern because I knew the group was absolutely accepting of what was being offered. And that's an incredible experience and an incredible gift. Oh, I know what you mean. It was loving. It was fun. I made so many nice connections with so many different people. And, uh, and what we shared so easily and so comfortably uh, was enriching. It really was enriching. Um, the entire event for me was um, was quite spectacular, just in the sense of uh, the ease of which it happened, how it happened, the presentations that Lavendar made, but also you and Tammy. I mean, Tammy's information was um, 
was so well presented. I was just in I was just intrigued and interested and also when you sang, I was moved to tears. That was just a gift <laughs> that I Aww. that I you know, I didn't know how this was ever going to unfold. But but those were the components that really made this particular experience so rich for me. And then, of course, the processes that we did that were so empowering and the the camaraderie that we had. Uh, I really felt some shifts. Um, I'm very sensitive to energy, like most of us are. And um, unfortunately for me, and it, probably a lot of people, it took me 15 hours to come home. And so... When I once I got home after all the different changes and planes and so forth, um, I I ended up getting sick, physically sick, and I realized even though it had the symptoms of a fever and body aches and so forth, that it had nothing to do with a virus. That what was happening was my body was recalibrating. I was very aware that the energy at the event and and in that energy for that amount of days with the crystals and the people and the work that we did together, that my entire body was recalibrating. It was upgrading. And I was just literally dumping energy that no longer served me. Wow. Wow. That, <laughs> yeah, and for, for those that, that might not be aware, that weekend is when all that that huge storm. I mean, there was a there was hail all up and down the middle of the country. So people flying from east to west, uh, I'm sure it was a an airport marathon. Um, and that <laughs> be nice to just be able to go home and 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 relax. But, but I'm you so know, glad you know, uh, that you came. But Ariel, even in the airport, my whole attitude was different. I mean, I went through that whole experience of waiting in the airport and planes being changed and moved around. It, there there was no stress involved in that. And that's been the interesting since since I have recovered from my recalibration, because I really feel that's what it was, is I've just noticed that my intentions are so powerful. When I speak my intentions with an intention partner, I've watched some pretty magnificent things change um i mean significantly one example was i'm supposed to have my septic tank and leach field all renewed and i've been given three quotes of 35,000 to 40,000 dollars to have that done and so i finally contacted someone and he was going to get in touch with me after i got back from my trip and I made some very clear intentions before I met him. And he's going to do the work for, and he's very reliable, he's local, for thirteen five. I mean, that's a significant shift. <laughs> I guess so. So I'm watching, I'm watching the power of my word and my requests and how I speak my intentions really shifting. So I just really feel like it's all the integration that took place um, at at our event, our Starseed Quest event. 
that that sounds very um, uh, I don't want to say common, but we hear that from a lot of people that the the intentions, your manifestation yeah. speeds up, it gets stronger um, as your your alignment uh, maybe got tighter and higher. Uh, I don't I I can't really put a, a a logical reason to it, but I know that we hear that. <laughs> Well, the thing about it is, is in the past, I've always been pretty good about manifesting because I work with my own, um, my own interdimensional team, and I have been for thirty years. So I've been really clear about a lot of this, and a lot of it has been quite magical. But I just realized that there was an escalation, is what I can say. I feel that there was some kind of escalation of energy that's now a part of me and my life. Uh, powerful. That Very is powerful. wonderful. That is wonderful. I, I, I couldn't be happier to hear this. <laughs> and um I know you were you were particularly joyful up on the mountain when we were digging for crystals. How did you how did you like that? I that was that was has been on my bucket list to dig for crystals. And so I'm up there in in absolute bliss. And I came home, of course, with so many, like so many individuals, we found these beautiful treasures. I've cleaned them. I've washed them. They're, they're on trays in my kitchen. I haven't even taken them. I haven't done anything. I've given a few away. But uh, it, it, was just, it was an absolute delight. There's just no words for it. I had so much fun. Yeah, I, 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 you were just have, playing in the dirt and having great, uh, you know, big smile on your face. So that was that was a a pleasure to see. <laughs> yes, it was yeah. a del- it was a delight. Everyone, everyone there at the event. Uh, I feel like I've made some longtime friends. Um, yeah, I had a it was it was just spectacular. I really, really was glad that I that I uh, participated. Well, and we're so glad that you did as well. And um, yeah, as I mentioned um, in the uh, in the beginning of the show, that each time we go back, it seems to elevate a little bit more and a little bit more. So even people that maybe hadn't come to the quest for a couple of years, when they come back, it's like, oh my gosh, it's it because it just keeps evolving, and. Um, and getting stronger, more more focused, and therefore more effective for people. So uh, we were just thrilled that you were able to be there, and it was my pleasure to um, to spend some time with you and that was get to bonus. know you. <laughs> yeah, that was that was great. That was great. So, and I certainly hope that we'll see you um, at another quest um, at a future oh, moment. I'm, I'm sure you will. One of the things, I just did a transmission for my newsletter, and the team that uh, gave the message says, uh, this is a very large playground. And they talk, they talk about our star heritage and our galactic families. And it was really a nice, a nice transmission. Maybe I should send you a copy. Oh, I'd like <laughs> that. Yeah, I'd like that. Yeah, and it, it's just it's wonderful to see you know the, the people that have always been able always had to you know be careful what you say you know don't you know be, be trying to fit in don't you know don't tell people that you, you know, that you're you know star seed or 
anything. But you get in this environment where everyone is a star seed, and they've got such similar um, stories and, and uh, experiences that it's it's just a pleasure to see people finally, you know, let their guard down, uh, you know, break the walls down, and just be who they really are with total oh, acceptance, as you said. Exactly. Yes, I've always yeah. been different. I've always known I was different. And over the last 30 years, I did step out to, to claim that I do channel um, these interdimensional beings, uh, which has been a big stretch. Um, and yet it, it always meets a little kind of hesitation. But being in the group uh, with the, the, the other stars was just... Um, um, it was unconditional. It was just that feeling of being totally accepted. Yeah. Which is pretty yeah. exceptional. It, it is. It is. You know, um, when you have that many people, we had 33 people in that group um, in addition to the three of us, and and there was no drama. Everyone no. was just happy. So that's, oh, I that, know. that just... Uh, it makes us and feel I, really good. And I was so delighted because I think I was one of the oldest ones besides Lavender. We were the same age. I was included in so much of the activities. <coughs> well, we will be very happy to include you again. <laughs> Anytime you feel the urge to, to come back, you're always welcome. Well, well we will, I, will, I will definitely stay in touch with this family. Okay, sweetie. Well, thank you so much for calling in and sharing your impressions. And uh, we love you. Big hugs until Big we hugs meet back again. To you. All right, okay, my dear friend. Bye bye. Bye bye. Okay. Well, um, next we are going to hear from, um, well, I'll just call you Rebecca. We won't use your nickname today. Okay. <laughs> I appreciate that. I'd like to be able to live it down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's just behind you know behind the uh, the quest doors, but. <laughs> yes, folks. So, you'll have to come to the quest to hear my nickname. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> so, thank you so much for for joining us this evening, and um, oh, my pleasure. You have. You have been to, uh, what, uh, is it four now? I, I'm starting to lose track of how many times um, people have come. It's more than four. Uh, I used to make sure that I was there at least once a year, and then um, with one thing and another, I think it's starting to average out to be two a year, and who knows what it'll <laughs> be going forward. <laughs> I'm game, you know, if, if I have the resources and the time, then I do try to make it because uh, the gathering is just um, totally unique. I've been to a lot of, you know, group activities, a lot of metaphysical, you know, classes and workshops and, you know, which is really the most similar uh, kind of thing I can compare it to. And um, this particular group, uh, led by you three ladies, really does stand out in my mind. It's really the only one that I always want to come back to and I'm always excited about. And I really enjoy the stories. And those are the, the stories that are presented as part of the weekend and also the stories of the other people who go. 
And at first, when I first went, you know, to my very first one, I was so excited, you know, about partway through the first day where I realized, wow, I am not the weirdest person in this group. (laughs) (laughs) Because that was the first time in a long time that that had happened. So I was super excited about that. And um, and everybody listening, I know you know what I'm talking about. So, <laughs> so that that part was, you know, that part's really great. And you know, um, I mean, everybody there is has this, uh, you know, this unique quality that, or actually not unique. It's something that we all have in common, but it's not something that you can talk about freely everywhere. Um, you know, as I get older, the as life goes on, I'm less and less reluctant to be free with, you know, topics that are a vital part of my reality, quote unquote. Um, But here, there truly are no negative consequences for sharing your stories, for talking about things that have happened. You don't have to footnote everything. You don't have to rationalize it. You don't have to explain it, quote unquote, scientifically to get people to stop glazing over when they listen to you. Um, So it's just, you know, it's just a pleasure to be there. So that part is is really lovely and not even mentioning the setting. So it's just everything about these gatherings is very, uh, it's very activating. So when Peggy was talking, I was, you know, anybody who's listening probably is familiar with the, what's called a healing reaction. It's something that's talked about in, in energy healing and Reiki talks about it and various modalities. Well, that is the kind of thing that can happen um, because you really are getting slapped back into sort of, you know, alignment. Um, If anything, you know how it is, you know, you go through a human life and things are going to knock you off your path or, you know, stuff is frustrating and that's just totally normal. You come to one of these events and you just sort of straighten it out. Um, It just, it's like, you know, you just, are able to tap into that part of yourself that is connected to what your path is supposed to be. And I find that very helpful, but mostly really what keeps me coming back are the people. I just really long to see them after being away for a while. I just like being there. I like, you know, my favorite part of these gatherings, you know, as more and more of them I've gone to my absolute favorite part is in between the sessions where I'm just sitting in a chair in the corner, watching everybody excited, talking to each other, sharing their energy, sharing their stories. And I just love that. That is so awesome. And it's just, (laughs) I'm really Mm -hmm. grateful that all three of you have facilitated that. And um, because it's not common enough, Um, this isn't happening everywhere yet. Although, I have hope that it will be more commonplace. And so you guys are kind of on the vanguard when it comes to that. So thank you. Yeah. Oh, oh, you're welcome. And I, I really think that it is uh, because there is some uh, astrological screening, you know, oh. you, you having, having, well, having the, having the galactic degree um, on, on your chart, right. um, it right. gives That's you the, the, the frequency so that when you arrive with other people and everybody else has a galactic degree, um, there is a, there's a, there's a, a, it's like everyone's in the same key. You know, when you were talking about, uh, you know, 
getting you know slapped back into your natural state if needed. Uh, I was thinking about like a guitar. And we go through our lives in the in the humidity and the temperature changes. The guitar gets out of tune, <laughs> you know. So you come back and and we we <laughs> we twist your tuning pegs and you get back into you know. Well, we don't do it. It's just the environment and and being with it. other people who are, who also have those frequencies. So yeah, um, you should give yourself that applause. That hit that button for yourselves. Oh, really? <laughs> I don't want to wear it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, truly, um, you know, I just, I mean, I love your energy, and you are always really strong. Um, and even uh, when you have felt like you wanted to retire, you came to the question instead. That's okay. true. I'm sure Enough everybody's said, been you know there. what I'm talking about. <laughs> yes, you know, yes. And uh, yeah, so yeah, you're just you're so much part of our family, and I, I think that's that's why you know people like you have, that have come back half a dozen times um, or more. Uh, you know, Jada, you're going to be up um, next, and I think I think Jada, you've been there about what, twenty twenty something times. So, um, and each time is different. And would you now because you have been to multiple. Um, events, multiple starseed quests. Would you say that each each one has been different um, from your perspective? Are you talking to me or Jada? I'm, I'm talking to you, Rebecca. I'm sorry. I was just <laughs> giving kind of giving Jada a heads up that um, that, that she was going to come on next. But <laughs> no, I, I was, like, I was well, admiring I mean, your masterful segue there. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, so because you have been to to you know a half a dozen different quests, do you see yes. uh, similar patterns or um, differences between the different times that you've come? So I would say that the substrate, among, you know, that links all of these groups is the same. There's something about them that's the same, but each individual gathering also has its own flavor. So you could essentially say that any person from any of the gatherings could just as easily be slotted into any of the other gatherings because there's still that underlying similarity that we all carry those codes. We all have this, you know, at least partially a similar experience as we've gone through life. So there's, you know, that commonality there, but there Mm -hmm. are different flavors. Um, I've noticed that the ones that are in March, um, it really does tend to follow that, you know, the, the forceful, martial, Aryan, pure, you know, I mean, not Aryan like that, like Aries. <laughs> Sorry, that, I shouldn't say Aryan and yeah. pure. That was a poor choice of words. But, yeah. um, you know, just that, that brightness of spring, that forceful energy, and that there's that more in the springtime. And then in November, I feel like that energy is much, much, much more intense. That uh, when people are gathering there, it's much more serious. There's... Um, this is just my, you know, my takeaway that, you know, it's a little more all business in November, so to speak. And then in uh, August or in March, it's a little more 
there's, it's a little more playful. I, I, that's kind of how I feel. Um, I really do tend to prefer the November gatherings myself. That's just my favorite, mainly because it's not hot since I'm not a hot weather person. <laughs> yeah. But uh, <laughs> so anybody who enjoys warm weather, you should definitely go in August. But uh, yeah. So yeah. Hopefully that answers the question. Yes. Well, yes, it does. Um, because there, I mean, I mean, from our perspective, each group, I mean, we have the same, um, you call it substrate, but, you know, I think the the structure, the program, we do this, then we do this, then, and then we go do this, um, and that stays, you know, pretty much the same. But the groups that come, I mean, we go with the flow, and sometimes we have to, uh, it's like, you know, this group really, you know, would enjoy this, so we we change things up a little bit, but we notice the different That's flavors. True. I mean, absolutely, and and this this last group in May, I mean the 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 feeling of of happiness and joy was palpable. I've never, I mean, we've never, I mean, out of twenty six groups, we've never felt that with any group, you know, and 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 then the group before that in March was entirely different, very powerful but in a different way. And, and and they were joyful, but there was a lot more intensity, uh, it seems. Maybe it was because it was, you know, March and the equinox and all of that. But yeah. They're all different but they yeah. have a they, they have a common thread. They, yeah, I definitely agree. Thread. Yeah. Well, cool. And so <laughs> I suppose we're gonna be seeing you in November, which has now become our alumni quest. And on that point, uh, I just wanna mention that our November alumni only quest um, was sold out the same day that we sent the invitations out. We were stampeded. <laughs> Not surprised. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and that's never happened before. But you know, it's an upward spiral. Everything yeah. keeps in evolving and improving, and and we keep tweaking. And it's like, hey, that worked really good. Let's do that again. And then in that other thing, that didn't work so well, so we won't try doing that again. So, I mean, from our part, just the little nuts and bolts that put everything together. And, um, so we keep continuing to to tweak it out. Yeah, well, you guys do a really good job. I think it's, it, it's no easy thing to uh, have really high vibrational gathering of energy and also take care of the logistics. So that's pretty amazing. Yeah. 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 It's uh, it's challenging because once I mean, prior to the group getting in, we can be very logistical. But once we're in the energy of the group, I was like, Oh my gosh, I left my laptop in the car. You know, just little you know, just dumb stuff like that. It's like, okay, yeah, losing control of third dimension there, but um yeah, it it was uh it, it, it's a it's a very good balance if we can manage to keep it balanced, yeah. which I think we do. Well, Rebecca, so thank you so much for calling in and and uh, sharing your uh, quest stories, and we will uh, see you very soon. Alrighty. Okay, sweetie. Big hug. <laughs> okay. Bye bye. Bye. Okay. Um, well, uh, we had we had a couple people that that really wanted to be here tonight, but um, with scheduling and things, they just 
they, they just couldn't. So, um, Jada, I'm going to bring you on next. And while you're kind of gathering your thoughts, um, I would like to just read a, a little note from from one of our um, questers from last May. And this is from Anne, who has also been uh, a guest on our radio show, Anne Crawford, a um, wonderful author. So here's what she sent in. She said, for so many years, I heard about Crystal Quest being soul family reunions, but those were just words before. Now I know that these are beings I've known before and will know again in very big ways. It's so important to come together to get activated to fulfill our global and galactic missions when the timing is right and our soul will let us know when. Thank you so much for this glorious work you do, Lavendar, Ariel, and Tammy, for us starseeds and ultimately for everyone everywhere. So much love, Anne. Thank you so much, Anne, for sending that in. I know you wanted to be here, but um, Earth schedules don't always comply. So thanks for sending that in. So now, um, Jada, I'm going to get your mic open. hope you're ready. <laughs> hey, Hi, Jada. Yes, I'm ready. Yeah. Hey. As you all as you all know, um, Jada is is one of our switchboard producers, and she has been. Um, I've I've actually lost count of how many questions. It's probably Me easier too. to count the questions you weren't there, you know. But we're we're I'm probably thinking about twenty that you you know you're just there all the time. So we really a- appreciate so. that support. I mean, you are dedicated and. You do a really good job um, as part of our support staff. So um, just go ahead and tell us your thoughts. Okay. Thank you so much for saying that. And I guess um, a lot of things have already been said, but after going to multiple quests, I guess from the very first time back in 2013, as I started getting closer to Arkansas, I felt like I was coming home and I had a soul remembrance of being there before. And I always knew that I would return. And it happened, and it's just something where I feel the call, and I can't ignore it. Nothing can get in the way of it, so it feels like it's necessary. But I love the energy there. It's so peaceful. Um, It feels like there's there's so much balance between the people and the nature And as Rebecca and Peggy both were saying, I feel like I get a reset almost. It keeps me in alignment if things are getting a little out of whack with all the third dimensional drama and life in general. After going to a quest, I feel recharged, regenerated, um, have a better sense of discernment. So that's always beneficial. Um, I feel like collectively we all raise each other higher and it seems like especially the last several quests um, on the first night when we're all introducing ourselves I love the way Lavendar will um, say a little something about every person that gives us some insight into what everybody brings to the table so that we all can appreciate that because I think as a collective we can go we can accomplish so much more if there's complete peace and balance, which I think we have it, but the way she does that just just gives me better insight into um, how we all need to interact together and help each other. Yeah, I call that um, her bow and arrow act. 
Colonel Lavender pulls yeah, out the bow and arrow. It. It's it's you know it's truth, like just like like um what what's his um William Tell or or, or the guy Robin Hood who, the, the archers that were really really on target. She just she just looks at that chart and boom the truth comes out right on target hits it right in the bullseye, and and she basically you know sums up the the person's um, mission and 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 soul origins in just a couple of minutes. And that's it's so helpful because it really, you know, and then people's like, "Oh, me too." And then yeah. there's that that that's that starts like, "I got that." Yeah. And 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 then the yeah, the, the bonding feel comfortable with each other and bond. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, the bonding starts right off. And uh, and and that's yeah, her bow and arrow act. <laughs> It's just what I call it. But yeah, and nobody can do it. Nobody can do it like Lavendar. Well, that is a, a good way to start the quest, I think, because it gives us all a little bit more knowledge about each other, what the things we have in common, the things that are different that we can appreciate in other people, and things that balance out the group. But then the other information is just amazing, too. Um, I really love the astrology night. Um, I, and I pick up something new every time that I didn't know before. And the singing, of course, and Tammy's information that she presents has really evolved over the last several quests. And I, even the parts I've heard before, there's always something that I feel like is new or I have a greater understanding of it. And um, I think it, it just seems like everything is... Um, amplifying every time, and we're going to a higher level. That's right. Absolutely. Every time, everybody, you know, the alumni that come back, even, you know, Lavender and Tammy and myself, every time we, we're just a little bit, you know, the next step up, the next step up. Like I said, it's just that it's that upward ascending spiral, and and we continue to, to grow and evolve with with this, you know, the quest is almost like a, a a living thing. You know, it's 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 not just a a destination. It it can take on its own life, its own um, qualities. And what I yeah. find really really amazing, and I mentioned this a little bit at the beginning of the show, is that within each group, I, and I love doing this when the whole group is is um, has gathered uh, before we get to Arkansas, and I look at everyone's charts, and I start looking for the star markings, and, and I was like, okay, how many have this? How many have that? And I start to see the patterns emerge. And and this last group, on Pleiadian lineup, uh, there are 33 people, and 18 of those 33 people had the exact same mark of the Pleiades. Wow. And that's just, and, and then that was instantly. And so when Lavendar's doing her bow and arrow thing, and and people and, and they're here and it's like oh there's another one oh there's another one and the and of course the moon was at galactic degree in Scorpio which is the mark of the Pleiades on Pleiadian lineup it's no wonder that um, that we had so many people with the mark of the Pleiades and and it really helps everyone it's like oh my gosh and they start to see the bigger picture that this group came together not because you know, we checked at their chart and they qualified because not everyone hears the right. call at the same time. So these are the unseen hands 
and it's it's coming from Lavendar says upstairs. It's coming from the Pleiadians, and it's like okay, and it's like they push a button, and these people's like, I got to go to this one, I got to go to this one, and then they show up, and here's all the other people that had the same thing. It's like oh, okay, now yeah, I see why so I had amazing. to be here. Yeah, yeah, because we realize we have to be there, but it's not just about us. It wouldn't be the same without everybody else who's there at each quest. Oh, absolutely. So, absolutely. So they're just amazing. And they seem to go by so fast, though. Then it's time to come back home again, and it's really sad. But a lot of the effects, some of the upgrades or, or changes that happen, we may not be consciously aware of it right away, may not even see the effects for weeks or months, but you know it's coming. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes there's a delayed uh, reaction. Um, sometimes, you know, and we actually are going to start recommending that that as soon as the quest is over, um, you know, on, uh, Monday at 4, that you don't rush right back to the airport because they didn't realize how, wish, <laughs> how much they were going to regret that. So we're actually recommending that people um, stay Monday night so that, that they can just lay there, uh, you know, or sit there, and and integrate and and contemplate and um you know because it's just really hard you get on this real high spin you know and and the whole weekend is in 5d and then you have to go back to the airport and slam back into 3d and it can be very um unsettling so yeah we're going to start recommending that people don't rush away you know sit with it for a little bit before you get back into um you know regular life yeah that's a great idea and and some people and it's happened to me sometimes I have different effects in March I had to go straight and take a nap Monday afternoon after we were finished but in May I had all kinds of energy and couldn't sit still but it I had to wait a little while before I could drive I couldn't have gotten in a car right away so it's I think it. everyone can benefit if they have the time to give themselves that Monday night to really let everything soak in and then travel the next day. Yeah, I, I think it would, uh, well, it's like, you know, if you have a big Thanksgiving dinner, you're just going to want to go up and, and go start playing tennis. You need to sit there for a while. Let all that digest yeah. because, um, yeah, it's just really hard to get up and run uh, as soon as as soon as we're done, so... Yeah, we're, we are actually going to, we've started recommending that now for the next, going forward. But we love you, Jada, yeah, and we're just so grateful that you are part of our family. I mean, you're you're here oh, every week you. helping with the radio and, um, and, you know, holding space as you do so well um, for the group and uh, for Lavendar. We just really appreciate you and thank you. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you guys, too, and love you, and I appreciate everything you do because you, all of you put so much work into these quests, and and it's so important and so appreciated. So thank you. It's an honor to help. Well, and your help is very, very um, important. It, it really makes things easier for us, so thank you. So um I'm going to I'm going to go on to the to the next person so you can go back to work. Okay. <laughs> on the, the switchboard. Thank you for having me. And um actually, I mean, I'm looking for Leela uh because she was going to be next, 
um, and I think I, I'm looking for a 415 number, but I'm not seeing one. So um, if you, Leela, if you're on the switchboard, um, you'll need to press one so that um, you'll flag us that we're that you're here. So I guess what I will do is um, just read another little um, letter from another equester. So Jada, I'm going to close your mic now, and thank you so much. Big hugs. Okay, thank you. So um, if if we can't find Leela, then um, uh, Trin and, and Jean-Luc will be next, just giving you a heads up. Okay, so um, this next little note is, is a lovely note um, from Nancy, and she says, Hello, dear hearts. As a recent Star, StarQuest participant, my dominant memory is one of welcome home. Experiencing the sacred circle with my fellow 33 questers was truly a highlight of my life. I know I have felt a golden circle or council of light often over the years, yet this was the first time I experienced it in the physical realm. What I have with me now that I am back into my day-to-day -day life is a sense of soul purpose and like a gem on my personal quest path, I now have something precious in my pocket that will serve me far beyond the actual four-day event. Personally, I feel the treasure for moving forward is the connection I made with fellow starseeds. A couple of us are in touch and beginning to form some potentials for taking what we've remembered into our new reality. This is beyond exciting, and I have a sense that I'll be also joining many of you again in Arkansas next year. A heartfelt thank you to everyone involved, especially to the three goddesses, Lavendar, Ariel, and Tammy. Love and light, Nancy. That's so sweet, Nancy. Thank you. It was a pleasure to meet you, and uh, we're so happy that you were able to join us. So, um, well, I, I think we've got Trin and Jean-Luc. Um, let me let me go for you first, Trin, and then uh, Jean-Luc. You'll be. I call you Jean-Luc. That's not really your name, but your name is Jean. But I'm a Star Trek fan, so it's Jean-Luc Picard <laughs> in my book. So, Trin, you're next. Let me get your mic open. Hello, sweetie. How you doing, Trin? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for being with us tonight. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you for having me again. Oh, you're quite it's been, welcome. Uh, it's been great to listen to everybody from the from the quest. I'm feeling kind of homesick. Like I'm, uh, <laughs> I miss them. Yeah, uh, I definitely miss that energy. We we uh, we experienced it. It was wonderful. And um, so you have you have been to this is this was your second quest, right? That's right. Yeah. And um, wh what was your um, perception as far as the first quest you came to and the second one? Was there things that are the same, things that are different? Yeah. Um, the first one uh, was, you know, it was an amazing experience, but I felt, um, you know, felt overwhelmed with a lot of information and meeting new people and a lot of energies back and forth. And it was, it was pretty draining. Uh, this one was different. It was, um, it was a lot easier for me to stay focused, and and after the quest was finished, when I left, I felt, as the other callers have said, uh, rejuvenated and balanced, and um, you know, just on a on a good upward spiral. 
and it's pretty it's carried on you know for the past few weeks since the quest things have continued to to shift um energetically and in good ways not only for myself but for for my family and the people that we work with as well and other star seeds so the second uh the second quest was definitely a, a life-changing experience um you know it's it's it can be difficult with everything that people have going on in their lives to be able to reach a energetic place where we can experience things like we did at the, at the last quest and, and see those energies come in and, um, you know, see the ceremony take different, different directions, uh, based on what was happening in the room and the energy that was created there. Um, yeah, it definitely left me, uh, Left me wanting to keep coming back for more. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, that's that's why our alumni quest was sold out in like I think it was about six or seven hours. Um, yeah. The minute yeah. the invitations went out, because shoot one right back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Um, so I have my. So you say uh, that, they, that that each the quest the quests are different, and you you got something. Um, different from each time you've come? Yeah, uh, lots of activations, lots of shifts, um, lots of memories. I think more than anything is I start as, especially as other people are talking and sharing their experiences. And, you know, we all have um, lifetimes that have been intertwined and experiences together that we don't, we don't remember going in there. But as the quest takes flight, uh, those memories definitely start to come back and, uh, at least for me, um, you know, being sensitive to energies. There's times when I see people across the room in the in the groups, and they look completely different. Um, you know, and I'm recognizing what they look like, and maybe a past life experience with them. Mm-hmm. And that in itself is pretty pretty powerful when it happens just once. But when you're in a room with 33 people, and it's happening consistently multiple times on each day with different people, um, it's pretty pretty reassuring that you're in the right place and with the right people (laughs) yeah 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 so So did you get a chance to um to connect uh with the land yes absolutely um i think the the day when we're up on, on the mountain and mining the crystals that was about the most tranquil and peaceful and beautiful family experience I've ever had um you know there was just uh-huh. a, such a heightened such a heightened level of energy and um you know the elemental energies were there as well and kind of reinforcing it and empowering it and everybody just looked like one big big happy five-dimensional fifth-dimensional family sitting up there and hanging out and That's I think right. for a, a while <laughs> yeah, yeah while we were uh yeah. While we were finding crystals, I think we were definitely finding some beautiful gems with our interpersonal connections and relationships with all the people that were up there that, for the most part, have never met each other, at least in this life. <laughs> right, right. Well, there's, I mean, there's a, 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 you know, when you meet somebody and, and you just hit it off right away, that happens once in a while in the third dimension, but um, in Arkansas, it it happens with everybody. They just They just know that they're, they belong there. So um, yeah, the land is really, really powerful, and it plays it plays a huge part in in what happens there. But most people don't 
don't track it like that. And that's really where you know Tammy's connection with the land is is so strong. And um, and it's I mean it's the heart of the crystal grid, right there. Yep. Um, and and the land is very powerful, and it has uh, a lot of influence on on what happens. So that's why I asked if you got a chance to really connect because I think a lot of people did. Yeah, this this past experience where Tommy was uh, was sharing, you know, the the history of the land and what had happened there, for me was was um, was a very deep connection. I felt like I was there as she was explaining it, and when she was uh, doing her feather ceremony, I. I swear she almost she must have been channeling Spud Webb or an NBA basketball player. She she was able to jump so high. She's um <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if she noticed yeah. that, but <laughs> yeah. I thought, wow, she's got some hops. Um <laughs> you know, but you know, just like when we put those geezer crystals together in a pyramid, uh, you know, they form that beautiful energy. You three ladies really form that energy as three beautiful crystals and are able to hold it and, and to guide it and to help you know, everybody there feel like they're in a safe and a protected space where they can let their light shine and they can be themselves and, and be authentic. And there's not going to be any judgment or any course correction, just acceptance and, and no judgment. And that's a pretty powerful energy in itself to be in and around. And I think that's why you, uh, you probably keep selling out on these quests. Yeah, well, it, it is, it, it's, it's an honor and a, and a privilege to, to be part of this and, um, and to watch, you know, just to see these things happen, it's it's we never cease to be amazed um, at the energies because we never know. You know, yeah, when people right. come together, we never know, you know, what kind of what kind of meal all those groceries are going to put together. You know, it's it's always delicious. Yeah. You know, people coming yeah. from. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, in March we had people from uh, from Norway, England. Um, uh, I'm, I'm blanking. Italy, um, Canada, Mexico. We had we had a real international group, and yet in May, I, I think we might have had one or two Canadians, but everyone else was from America. Now, how does wow. that happen? You know, so yeah. um, there is definitely some um, celestial orchestration going on um, to to select the people. It's like, this is, you need to come now. You need to come now. And, uh, and we're g- really glad that you heard the call and, and you were there to, to be part of this. So thank you so much. You're most welcome. And thanks also for, for calling in and, and sharing your thoughts about the quest. And uh, we'll be looking forward to giving you a big bear hug <laughs> when you come back. <laughs> okay, All right. Sweetie. I can't wait. Thanks so much, Trent. Thank you very much, Ariel. Much love. Bye-bye. Okay, I am coming for you, Jean-Luc. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just, I love calling you that. Um, it, it just, <laughs> you know, it just goes together. So. Um, I, I, I love it, don't worry. <laughs> okay, I know you said you have lots of nicknames, so you just got a new one. Um but it it helps it helps me to not call you John because your name is Jean. But Americans correct, are gonna correct. not pronounce that correctly. So, but everyone knows Jean Luc. Yeah, it, it, it's always been a thing I've been explaining everybody, you know, <laughs> through my whole life. It, it's just become like second nature for now. <laughs> but you know, 
I, I, I've gotten lots of nicknames, and you know, I, I'm sure they're all out of love. So it, it's always been great. Yeah. So this was your first quest, and you came you came with Trin, um, and got to experience that uh, together. So have you ever been a um, you know done anything like that before? I, I never have. It, it was truly uh, uh, you know first experience. And one two definitely was a really big awakening experience for me. Um, I got to feel a lot of energy I've never felt before. And then meeting other star seeds, I got to understand a lot of the things that I've gone through in life. You know, you know, some of those things were just answered, but by meeting a lot of my star seeds of you know brothers and sisters, and uh, it it was just. Um, it's hard to pick so many words to describe the, 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 the whole experience of the quest. And did you feel um, connected to the land? I, I was. Especially uh, when you when you were up just, on the mountain? It, it was kind of just like Jada was explaining it. You know, as soon as we got closer and closer to Arkansas, I felt like a different shift of energy. And uh, I felt more like a, a sense of like calmness, and uh, and then when I got there, it, it was the energy was just so, just so strong. It, it just allowed me to really understand a lot of the messages. Um, being on top of that mountain do, doing the crystal mining was definitely an unforgettable experience. I got to connect very well with a lot of uh, uh, star seeds, and and it just allowed me to to have more information, like, free-flowing and understanding it instead of just, you know, being saying, well, what is it that I'm truly understanding all the time? Mm-hmm. So you were actually in the energy experiencing it firsthand rather than hearing about it and trying to imagine it. Correct, yes. Right. Yeah. So um, I, did you have, I mean, are you, um, let me, how shall I put this? Since you've been home, have you noticed changes or differences? I want to say, like, right after, like, we left, I noticed, you know, a lot of changes and difference. Like, if I come into the room, I notice that the energy changes. And um, people talk to me very different. Um, they're, like, more open about things. And... Um, and how I use my words now um, have a lot more, you know, more meaning to it than before. Uh, um, I feel like I'm actually being understood better now. Does that make sense? Well, sure. Um, you know, when you have, when you when you try to express yourself, and and I mean, and you have you speak two languages, which is um, a lot more than most of us can say. Uh, but you know, you it, it, express it's yourself. More. You speak four languages? Oh, my gosh, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah, well, to be able to express yourself effectively in anything other than your mother tongue, um, I, I'm always really impressed with that because um, you you really get your point across. And I think that now when your mind is clearer, you have more, more focus on an understanding that comes through as you choose your words maybe um, – differently but you really have yes. a huge i mean your energy is just huge 
<laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you know, I mean, you're a big guy. You're a big guy. But you're, I mean, you, you, yeah, I guess you needed to be a big guy to hold all that 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 energy that you have. But um, it was it was just a pleasure to to meet you and and to share this experience with you. Did uh, I you do have? Say, uh, Go ahead. I uh, I met a few friends, uh, um, you know, on my way back home, and uh, I gave them um, some of the crystals that that uh, we got to mine, uh, 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 and. Uh, they they have all told me like you know either the next day or the day after that that the moment they they were talking to me and after I left that they felt a big change of energy and that um, and that they they seem a little bit more clear about things that in life. So wow. that, that has really that has really been more more eye opening for me. Right. I mean, and your I mean your life mission is to heal, whether it's yeah. healing people, you know, physically or spiritually, um, mentally, emotionally, you're all about healing. And Correct. when you hold that, when you hold that crystal, when you took it out of the ground, that was the, that was the first energy that that crystal was exposed to. And then you hand it to someone else. Of course, they're going to feel healed and better and uplifted in some way. So think oh, about that, that. that. Oh yeah, that that definitely has my mind going like really fast right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. I, I'm just. I'm. I'm getting. I'm sorry. I'm just. I'm getting a message from um, uh, uh, our switchboard, and I don't know. Um, don't know what number. So uh, Trin, it's your dad that wants to come on and 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 talk. So, oh, and I think I think that's Leela because I see him four one five. Okay. Um, Was well, there anything else that you wanted to express, Jean Luc? I, I do have to say for all the star seeds out there listening uh, um, and still haven't gotten a chance to experience uh, our quest, um, the next opening day, uh, uh, you should definitely try to to make it out there. It, it it really is a, a big uh, life changing experience. Um, it, it not just in your energy, but even the people around you. Well, sure. I mean, if you change, the people around you are going to change, and if you change for the better, they'll change for the better too. So that's that's, that's just right. kind of the way the energy works. So I'm giving you a big hug, Jean Luc. And thank you so much for 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 showing up. And I know that we're going to see you again <laughs> at another quest. Definitely, I, I, I miss you guys a lot already. Ah, well, we'll <laughs> see you before you know it. So you take care, sweetie. Okay. Thanks for calling. Okay. Thank you for having me on the show. Everybody have a good evening. Okay. Bye bye. Okay. So, well, let me. Um, let me see if this is, yeah, um, okay. So we're going to get your mic open, Leela. Hey, sweetie. Hi, Ariel. Hi. Good. I'm so happy Gosh. to be on the show with you tonight. Well, well I, I, I was wondering what happened because um, I, I, I expected you to call from 415 number, and I couldn't find you, so uh, we just kind of kept on going anyway. So thanks so much for yeah. for making it, and um, you have you were at the very first quest 
in um, October of 2012. And then you were at the very, very last quest, which was 26 quests later. So you really got the the unique perspective of how things have escalated. So you want to talk about that a little bit? Sure. Um, in 2012, it was my second time I had ever returned to Arkansas. Um, well, I guess that would be, yeah. There, there, no, that was my third time. First time I was 17 with my dad and his sister and then uh, for a family reunion. And then I came back in uh, 2008. Uh, that was a very interesting Mercury retrograde time with a group of people that I had a lot of karma with. And then I really wanted to meet Lavender and you and came to, when I heard of the first Starseed Quest, I knew my name was on it. I had to be there with people that I I knew I was going to have a deep kindred soul connection with, and I did. So that was October 2012. And then I've been to a total of four. Uh, I came to... Uh, the Athena's birthday last year in 2018, March of 2018, and I've been to Pleiadian lineup in 2016 in November. And then on the 26th Starseed Quest, I felt my name was on a very powerful time for me for Pleiadian lineup in May. And my observation is that Awakening is really accelerating for people, uh, but but also I think sometimes that the frequency is so great, powerful uh, in these awakenings and initiations that sometimes uh, some of the questers are uh, might be having some difficulty integrating the uh, the energy, and it's not just them. I did too. I had a lot of weird things happen to me on the way home from Arkansas this time, Ariel. Just to integrate, we were so high. We spun it so high with so much love and harmony. Uh, it was such an amazing place and time to be with everyone that coming back into a third dimension was really difficult for me. I had a lot of things yeah. that I had to integrate. Yeah, well, and there are, I mean, there are a lot of, of, of um, ups and downs because, you know, the, the the shoes that you were wearing before the quest, now they're giving you blisters, you know, because you, your feet got bigger. It's that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, know, situations, situations and, and things, um, it, it takes some adjusting. You can't just walk out of a quest and uh, and, and not experience anything. And there can be, um, as we and we tell people this before they leave, that there can be a little bit of a roller coaster as things um, have to integrate and situations have to change and certain things in your life that that no longer serve you. You know, they got to be cleaned out to make room for the new stuff. So yeah, it can be a little um, a, a little bit of a challenge uh, sometimes to uh, to come back after the quest. But when things finally plane off and level out, you're at a much higher level. 
And so would you would you I agree totally with that? Agree. Yeah. yeah. I definitely definitely. Yeah. Well, um it was it was just really great that that we've had, you know, people especially at this last quest to have someone from the first quest because it kind of brings things uh full circle even though the quest is totally different um in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. But the uh, this the people that show up still have the galactic markings. So that's kind of a a, a common denominator through all of them. Mhm. I find what I found really interesting and peculiar this time was that I was the only Leo out of 36 people. Yeah, well, we didn't, and we had no Sagittarians. That's never happened before, and uh, I don't think we had any Pisceans. But then, then, then there's been other groups where we didn't have, um, you know, other signs, and there's been groups we had all 12, and and that's part of the patterns that that I love to go and 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 check it out and see. Yeah, but uh, the people that needed to be there were there, and we're really glad that you oh, came. Definitely. And and oh, you know, bringing it. bringing the codes from the first ever quest, which was it was really wonderful, wonderful gathering. Uh, mm. And then we just keep building on I that. Agree. Yeah. Oh yeah. But thanks, just thanks so much. Thanks so much for calling in. And uh, is I I I thought that something happened and you probably maybe you know couldn't make it so thanks for coming in. Oh no, you know what it was? <laughs> I came in earlier and I forgot to I forgot to dial one <laughs> to get in the queue. <laughs> oh, so I was oh, hanging okay. in there. So that's what happened. But it's great to oh. talk to you. All my love to you and Tammy and Lavender. It was just a spectacular quest. I'm looking forward to uh, attending a Pleiadian lineup again. Well, great. Great. Thanks so much, Leela. We so love you, and thank you for being um, who you are. Thank you, Ariel. I love you, okay. too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. Well, um, Let's see. I'm I'm getting messages from the from the switchboard. Uh, okay. I don't know if uh, who on the switchboard is Trin's dad. I have no way of knowing that. Um, but we expect to see you, uh, Trin's dad, <laughs> at one of these quests because you, your name's been on the list for a long time. So. Um, I think that's all we have time for this evening, actually. So um, this has just been wonderful. It's kind of like a, a a reunion reunion, hearing everybody's voice. And we are so grateful that we have this Starseed family. And we loved seeing our alumni. And we loved meeting the new people who then become alumni. And they come back again. So it's just um, we're a very... Um, very much of a blessing. And now, let's see, someone is, is texting my other phone. So before I sign off, i got to make sure because I don't want to um, let anybody down. So let me just check this. Let's see. Uh, okay, 360333. Okay, now we got, okay, we got the number. So now I'll go on the switchboard and uh, try to find that number uh, and and see what you have to say 
Um, three three O, and I'm looking for a three three O. Um, well, I don't see a three three O on the switchboard. Okay, I I just I don't see that. Um, I don't see that number on the switchboard. I'll check one more time. Uh, but I don't think we're going to find it. No, that number is not on the switchboard. So um, when we do our next quest show, you can uh, you can call back in. We only do about one a year, but um, I, I just I can't find that number to to open up the mic. And we have a lot of people on the switchboard right now, so I wouldn't even hazard uh, a guess on which one I should be talking to. So, well, we will be back next week. And um, until then, try to find gratitude and compassion in every day. And that is the door to 5D. Until next week, everyone, good night. been listening to Starseed Radio Academy. Visit our website at www.starseedhotline.com.